Welcome to the Multifamily by the Slice Podcasts with your hosts, Dre Evans and Ike Eke. On this show, you'll gain unique perspectives from investors and professionals on all aspects of the apartment investing space. Do you want to achieve legacy wealth and live a life of financial freedom? Well, all it takes is that first slice of wisdom to get you started on the journey to building your empire. Please subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review, and pass it along to a friend that can benefit from a slice of multifamily knowledge. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Multifamily by the Slice. And we have a fantastic episode for you today. And it's a special episode. You ask me why? It's because it's our first repeat guests, Nate and Bethany Smith. On the first episode, we went through a lot of what they do in the financial services and real estate world. But on this episode, we discussed relationships and how they manage their relationship along with their business and their home life. Very good episode for those of you that are in a relationship and investing with their significant others or trying to convince their significant other to get interested in investing. What do you think about it, Dre? Like you said, bro, this is for the couples out there. This is for everyone, significant other, marriage, whatever you want to call it, that you want to learn more about working together as a team. And we also talk a lot about making meaningful connections within real estate in general in the second end of the episode. So stay tuned. Let's get into it. Now a word from our show sponsor. Are you looking to grow your real estate investing business? Fortune Cribs can help. Fortune Cribs helps investors buy short-term rentals and select markets across the country for as little as 10% down with no cash on cash returns in the 20 to 30% range. Fortune Cribs will design, furnish, and manage all the day-to-day operations, making your experience truly hands-off. And it doesn't matter whether you're at in your real estate investing journey, whether you're trying to get your first deal or scale your portfolio, Fortune Cribs can help. So if you want to take the next step, go to fortunecribs.com and book your free consultation to see how Fortune Cribs can best help you. Once again, that's fortunecribs.com and let them know we sent you. Welcome back, folks. This is Dre Evans, host of the Monty Family by the Slice podcast. I've also got Ike here. He's doing great. We've got Nate and Bethany Smith back again for round two on the Monty Family by the Slice podcast because they have so much great nugget bombs of wisdom that they dropped. And we wanted to bring them again to talk further as well as talk more so about the relationship piece of working with your partner and being successful in business and real estate. So before we get into that, Ike, how you doing today, man? I got to check up on you first. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing very good. I'm very excited to have our first repeat guest here on Multifamily by the Slice. For those of you that have not heard their first episode, it's episode nine and it's fantastic. Definitely go back and listen to that. But yeah, I'm doing fantastic. We're, we're you know at the beginning of the year here. We've got a lot of plans for the show as well as for investing. And I couldn't be happier. So so let's let's do it, man. Let's do it. Nate, Bethany, welcome back. How's it going? Awesome. Thanks for having us back on the show. Yeah. Excited. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I know we covered it again in, in your first season episode, but just give us a high level overview again of your background in, in real estate and about you. Yeah, sure. So my background has mostly been military, uh, 15 years in the Air Force, still did a part-time in the International Guard. As a pilot, both my wife and I have always been very entrepreneurial throughout our married life for 12 years and always had side hustles going on. Real estate kind of fell into our awareness through Grant Cardone and his podcasts. And uh, we had, I had purchased a single family home right out of, right after I joined the military, 
just because it seemed like a smart thing to do at the time. And use my VA loan and all that type of stuff. Uh, didn't really make a lot of money on it, but it was a very good learning experience because we remodeled a lot of it together and got all that you know hands-on work of what that process looks like. I knew pretty early on real estate was somewhere we wanted to be investing into. It just made sense. It seemed like where all the wealthy people were investing their money, where all the millionaires were coming from. And uh, Grant's would turn us on to multifamily. Um, so we, we kind of had the, pro- the same mindset that a lot of people have when we talk to people getting into real estate is, oh, I need to start small. I need to start with small, you know, duplex, triplex. I'll work my way up to the bigger stuff. And we were like, yeah, let's just skip all that and just kind of get into the, the bigger stuff uh, faster. So end of 2018, we were... We connected up with uh, some folks online, got introduced to, at Russell's Rod Cleef and his whole network, went to a couple of his events, and then uh, got our first deal in the 2019. So that's a little bit about my background. I'll let her fill in on her background and what, what she did while I was pursuing the flying stuff mm-hmm. and kind of supporting. I worked in education for a few years. One dynamic we've had is being a military couple, and a lot of military spouses have a unique challenge in that it's hard to get in a career and excel. A little easier now with the rise of remote work and you know all that flexibility that comes with that. But 10, 12 years ago, it was like kind of difficult to find jobs that were that flexible, that would move with you, that that, that would promote you and kind of, you know, unless you were very corporate. So I got into education. I was a tutor that I could do that remotely working from home and we were moving a lot and whatnot. And then I transitioned into real estate and just had a strong interest in it. Thought I wanted to be a realtor for a while and worked for um, now one of the top teams in Utah, Keller Williams team. And really enjoyed that experience. Got a lot of basic information that I needed in education, really in the real estate industry, all that kind of basic vocabulary and you know negotiations and how a sale process goes and all that sort of thing that was really valuable. And a lot of our clients were investors and they were buying you know small multifamily properties. So duplexes, triplexes, on up to maybe as large as a sixplex, pretty small. But um, I really loved working with those types of people. I just liked how they thought. I liked how they weren't emotionally tied to their purchases, like a lot of you know home buyers, especially first-time home buyers. And so I wanted to work more in that space. And as Nate was saying, we got we we're getting more plugged into you know commercial real estate and multifamily side. And so I decided to take that leap through Nate's very vigorous encouragement over six months to try to get me to quit and uh, and transition into that. And so started that journey in the beginning of 2019, and uh, now collectively our team has about 150 doors together. So been fun and really enjoyed it. And I believe you guys are expanding, right? You're looking to this year add some more property to your to your yep. portfolio? Yep, definitely. Yeah, definitely. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. All right. So let's let's get into uh you know the first few questions about like the relationship side of things and how you maneuver that in as you work together. And I understand you you not only invest in real estate together, but you also run a financial services business. So how do you guys manage your time as a couple um, with both of those endeavors and, and the attention that they require? Yeah, definitely. So for us, what got us in the financial industry is we got into real estate first and then we started a financial business after that, uh, mostly because we were putting a lot of sweat equity in real estate, but wasn't getting there was no monetary return on a consistent basis, right? And so like the JV deal was 18 months later before we took a refinance and actually got a decent check, but those 18 months of no income. From the for that endeavors and show she was doing real estate 100 full time. That's her main. In fact, she does 99 of the real estate stuff that we do on the day to day. My focus is almost exclusively on the financial services business. But well, for us personally, we just we were looking to kind of create this life by design model where we could we wanted we needed the business to fuel the real estate goals to be able to produce the cash flow because 
we kind of discover we love the investing side of real estate more so than, than we do the business side of real estate. At least me personally, she enjoys the business side of it a little more than I do. But I love investing, putting my money in real estate. So like, well, I need to go find a place to make some money. I saw Grant Cardone had his company, a lot of these bigger players, they had these other companies that they used to fuel the real estate ventures. And the financial business came along. It made sense. It's a scalable model. So for me personally, that's where I'm at. As far as how we've worked together, we just figured out where we have different strengths and weaknesses. I'm kind of a more of a visionary, big picture type of person. And Bethany's really good at integrating and, and helping keep us on track and focus. And she's really good with networking and that, that relationship building side of things. And I'm more good about, I like educating and teaching and speaking and that sort of thing. And so just kind of married up our differences and, and work together on that. And I mean, it took, a, it, took, it took a while. We probably the first, I don't know, seven, eight years of our marriage was a lot of just figuring out that whole Figuring out, figuring that out. We just knew that we wanted to work together. We wanted, we didn't want to, I didn't want, we didn't want to have separate careers that we all went off to and came back and met back, you know, at the end of the day. And we didn't want to talk about it, that sort of stuff, which is a big, a big driver why we've kind of gone the direction we've gone. But yeah, that's kind of my. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we found a lot that we were early days, we were spending a lot of our free time being creative and thinking about business ideas. And we love talking about marketing and different marketing ideas. And so we were like, instead of binge watching Netflix or something, we were talking about, you know, business ideas and stuff like that. So we're just kind of naturally, you know, wired that way a little bit and really wanted to work together. When I really wanted to build something together, like Nate said, we didn't want to go work separate, you know, separate jobs and then connect in the evening and, you know, kind of have different lives like that. We really wanted to do something where we could build something together, have that same community together, you know, the, the same group of people that we're hanging out with during the day and that sort of thing. And I would say to speak to the the point of like, how do you, how do we allocate who does what necessarily? Like for us, we do have different focuses, but we also share a lot of, you know, responsibilities as well. And so identifying and strategizing what are the the most important tasks during the day that have to get done and then prioritizing those first thing in the morning of the workday, you know, after your personal stuff and your morning routine is over, like what are those really, you know, high value tasks that you really should get done like ASAP. And then it kind of sets the rest of your day up for success, you know, whether it's prospecting for new, you know, clients on financial services side, or, you know, maybe real estate, it's, you know, looking for new deals and that sort of thing, but really um, protecting that time and putting it first in the data and sure it gets done is one thing that's really helped move that needle forward. That's, that's interesting. And, and one thing that you both mentioned there is that you knew early on that you wanted to work with each other. And, and I think that, you know, having that as a common knowledge between the two of you makes it not easy, but it makes it much more a smoother transition to creating, you know, that company together. So that's 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 very interesting. And and so uh, Nate, you mentioned that you know you you more run the financial services side, and Bethany runs the real estate side. And and the purpose is that the financial services side will be funding some of the investments that are going to be made on the real estate side. So some of those decisions made, the strategy behind it. I understand that the financial services side will need some investment as well to grow the company and and make that you know a sustainable. Uh, endeavor. How do you guys make the decisions on how to allocate time and funds to the real estate side as opposed to investing back into the financial services side? Yeah. So the financial industry, the financial business is, is unique. We work on a business platform with a company called World Financial Group. So they take care of a lot of the back end side of stuff. There's not a lot of capital investment required from a monetary okay. perspective to grow and scale that business. Very little overhead. I mean, maybe 10% goes to, to actual back investing in the company. So on the real estate side, I just trust her almost exclusively. 
Uh, I don't. I, I look at the numbers a little bit. I'm like, hey, explain it to me. Like, okay, how much is this going to cash flow? Like, what what percentage are you getting of it? Like, what's the result? Like, I have her explain it, you know, to me just so we're on the same page. But early on in the real estate, I, I delve in a lot into understanding the just the basics of how does a real estate deal come together. And the first year, we both poured ourselves into the knowledge learning of it. And then at that point, I kind of discovered that I loved the idea of what my money would do in real estate. I just wasn't as passionate about the day-to-day of that endeavor. So, but she loved it. She fell in love with it immediately. So I was like, perfect. So she can do that side of things and she can build the long-term wealth that we want to do in real estate. And then I'll go, for me, you know, I was looking for a business that I could grow and scale that I, I enjoyed. And this this came along in the, with the WFG model. And um, and then we just found out they, they merged each other really well because a lot of my clients in my financial business come from the real estate world. Um, and a lot, and and they kind of feed each other in that sense. And then two, you know, a, a lot of my people, a lot of the, my agents on my team are people that want to get into real estate. They just need a vehicle to make the cash flow to be able to make those, you know, to get in more acquisitions and things like that. And so they kind of feed each other a lot in that sense. What's beautiful is that you are, you guys identified early on how you best complement one another, and it's very similar to the teams that we see in syndications on the GP side, right? Everybody has something that they bring to the table. And actually, it's very similar to what you see on as a JV as well, right? Everybody, you don't want to be, aside from just capital, you want people within the team to come together and bring different strengths and talents. You can't have four people that are under right deals, exactly. right? Like what, what growth does, what comes from that? There's no balance. You, you typically want that capital raiser. You want someone that's good at management. You want someone that's good at underwriting. You might have someone that has a contracting background, right? So there's a lot of different things that people can bring to the table. And I, and I love that you and Bethany were able to identify early on the different strengths that you both bring to the table with your marriage in terms of business and real estate and being able to separate those to move forward as a team. But I do want to ask that question to you, you all from a couple perspective. Let's say... There was a couple that didn't both have a thirst for business or for real estate. What if one is and, and the other one isn't? Do you have any tips and feedback for the couples that may be listening that they both, both of them are not equally yoked and aligned in that way and they might have differences? Any advice or perspective for them? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'll kind of speak to that first. So our struggle, you could say that I think a lot of couples go through is getting on the same page. And what does mm-hmm. that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, getting aligned and where's the ship going? And so if you have two people that are kind of trying to steer it in different directions, or one of them's negative, unsupportive, uncommunicative, just kind of like, okay, do whatever, but not really like engaged, then it can be a real struggle to get anywhere. We see that all the time, whether it's with real estate teams or on our financial services side. If, if both people aren't aren't aligned in that mission, mission, vision, and purpose of where it's going, it's not going to go anywhere. You know, it might implode or whatnot. So for me, probably about six or seven years ago, um, I was in a, a, a job that I really enjoyed. It was very demanding. It was very busy. I didn't really have time for too much else. Worked a lot with that, and I really enjoyed it. So it was like didn't feel too much like work to me at the time. And Nate was very intentional about wanting to pursue a business pursuit of our own, i.e. get into real estate investing more heavily. And I fought him at first, you know, no, I don't want to talk about that. I'm tired. You know, don't bring him another thing. I don't want to start another thing. 
As you said, we've been serial entrepreneurs and done a lot of different business pursuits. And I think at the time I was a little burned out by trying a lot of different things that maybe didn't go where we wanted them to go. Um, and I just kind of want to put my head down and work in a job that I enjoyed. Probably took him six yeah. months to a year or something of having the continual conversation with me. You know, what is it that you want in life? What does your perfect day look like? Who would you be spending it with? What would you be doing? So he was asking a lot more fact-finding questions of like, what do you want your life to look like long-term? I know you enjoy it now. That's great. That's wonderful. You make good money. Like you enjoy it. You have a good community. Great. But is that going to be like, what does that look like 10 years down the road? You know, how far are you going to be able to take that? And what is that going to look like? So it kind of, you know, got my wheels turning a little bit more where I'm like, all right, thinking about that, you know, more long-term, I don't really want to be working this hard in the next five, 10 years. I don't really want to be, you know, fill in the blank. So, but having that open, honest conversation where he wasn't like being accusatory or, you know, you should come over here and do this with me. Why don't you do this? Like he wasn't complaining or pointing fingers or anything that I see a lot of spouses do the ones that are really gung ho on the mission to their spouse. They're just like, Oh, I wish you'd, you know, come with me. And why do you do this? And yada, yada, yada. So you have to have very open, honest, gracious communication and always assume the best of the other person, but try to help them think more big picture, you know? So that's from my perspective, just having those, those types of conversations is hugely helpful. And then also exposing them to the environment that they're in. So like for him to invite me to go to a conference that he was really excited about, you know, you can sit in the hotel or you can come join, whatever. I just really want you there. Like being able to participate and engage in, and then meet the same people that he's meeting that kind of got me more pulled in as well, because I was like, all right, I like these people, or I like this environment and I like this potential and where it's heading. So it kind of helped transition me more that way too. And then we're spending time together as a couple, which is really great for, you know, just helping our relationship overall improve. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for us is for me, it was about life by design. Like it wasn't so much about the vehicle. It was about how do we design a life that we want, that we want to live and, you know, not just today, but also into the future. I have always been more of a bigger risk, big risk taker. Like I'm not afraid to take a risk to, if it it has a potential to pay off in a big way, hurt out as much. And so when I was asking those questions, it was more about what what is a life do we want to design? What do we want to do? What what would we be doing on a day-to-day basis? We'd be spending time, all these sorts of things. And then once we got on the same page on that, okay, well, how do we do that? You know, at the time, we didn't know that we were gonna she was gonna be super passionate about multifamily real estate investing. We knew we'd invest in it at some some capacity. I definitely didn't know I was gonna end up in, in the financial services industry at the time. We just knew that the what the end goal was, and I think that was the biggest thing. Then this man, it was just a matter of finding the vehicle to to get to the end goal. And for us, it ended up being real estate, and and then you know building a financial business, financial services business. For us, that's what it worked out to be. But I think it's more about just having that conversation and really dreaming a little bit. I think that's the biggest thing. I think society just it's so easy to you know society kind of pushes you in in, in one kind of hole. And, and uh, if you don't fight yourself, fight, fight a little bit, you're going to get stuck in that, whatever life just don't, you know, put, puts in your path. That's what you're doing. So for us, we've always been trying to, once you mentioned environment, put ourselves in environments of other people, bigger thinkers, people doing different things. Like, Hey, let's just go see what this is like. See if we even like it. And if we do cool, then we just like, we liked it. And so yeah, I was going to say um, associations, associations are so important because oh, yeah. then that's a relationship. And then you're saying, okay, well they're doing it. So that's not that hard or I really like this community, you know, and they force you to level up and, and kind of pull you up, you know, the more you surround yourself with that. Some, some great advice there. And especially what you both said about 
you know, if you're looking to convince your spouse, your husband or wife to get involved in the, in an industry, don't be the only messenger, surround them with other people that are going to say something similar to what you're saying and give them the opportunity to see it in action. And you got a better chance of, you know, organically convincing them to do it. Otherwise, you know, it's going to be difficult to be basically you versus them and you're already spouses. So, you know how that goes. So <laughs> and, uh, one kind of funny dynamic, if like, I'll see this at real estate conferences or business conferences or whatever, you can kind of tell a lot of times it's the woman who's there kind of against her will a little bit, you know, <laughs> act like this. And then to see another spouse that's like really enjoying herself and knows a bunch of people and is like congratulating her husband or there with him and kind of engaged and just enjoying it more than the sour one is like, well, I can do that. I can do that better than her. <laughs> <laughs> and now a word from our show sponsor. Let me let you in on the best kept secret when it comes to investing in single or multifamily flips. Hire an interior designer. Now stay with me. We're not talking about curtains and throw pillows here. We're talking about elevating your design, reconfiguring your floor plans, and developing functional spaces, all to maximize your ROI. Melanie Renee Designs has over 12 years of experience designing in the San Diego real estate market and is ready to help you increase your profits on flips, buy and holds, or short-term vacation rentals. Reach out to Melanie herself at melreneh at gmail.com. That's M-E-L. R-E-N-E-H at gmail.com and make sure to tell her that we sent you. All right. So, you know, a wise person once told me that the great thing, the pro of working with your spouse is that you get to talk intelligently about work. And the con of working with your spouse is that you're always talking about work. So I want to ask you guys, how do you turn it off and, you know, go on vacation or take a few hours and just be a couple? Like, how, how do you flip that switch since you're working together all the time? Definitely has to be scheduled in the calendar. Um, <laughs> that's something that we, we try to do a good job of. We, at least twice a year, we try to take a, a just a, a step out, like, a, you know, even if it's just a staycation just or, or just a short trip just out of our local area, change the environment. And the purpose is not to really think big. It's about it's, it's about talking about our big goal and vision of our life, and not about the day to day of business. Like talking about our dreams and our priorities, and, and as as a couple, is what we try to do. And then also just you know regular date nights, things like that. Um, we like to go hiking. We like to be outside and do beach activities or mountain activities, things like that. So try to put those in and take those times to say, hey, let's we're gonna go for a, an, an hour hike or something like that to disconnect. But it definitely, because like you said, it's it never turns off completely. So. <laughs> You have to you definitely have to plan it and make it an intention, and that's yeah. something we've we've had to more consciously make that an effort lately, just because it's really easy to get get in you know get in that mode, and if you don't have a plan to turn it off. It may take a while. Yeah, I think making new acquaintances, meeting new people, and trying new things is also something that we found to kind of keep things fresh, continually kind of keep our 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 mindset and our perspective open, but then also have new topics of conversation, you know, trying new food. Like this last Sunday, it's actually our, our wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Oh, yeah, congrats. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. We did a ferry boat trip, ate some Greek food, had a little gelato, you know, went for a hike in a new place, like tried some new things where it's like different conversation topics. And, you know, so it's like 
just enjoying nature and being grateful and, you know, spending time with new people and learning new perspectives that, that helps a lot to just kind of widen the, where it's not like, okay, we're focused on this and doing this and these tasks need to be done or anything. So that helps the conversation too. Yeah, we're big on experiences. Yeah. Like, it's not about the things, it's about the experience. And we've found that when you have cool experiences, it just opens up your mindset to like she said, new conversation topics and different things to talk about. You mentioned connections, Bethany, and that's actually what I wanted to tangent to in the legacy round. We obviously, when we first had you all on the show, you talked about the Phoenix market and the Arizona market in particular, sorry, and the deals that you've done there. And so I think I wanted to focus on connections for this one. And I think a lot of the listeners would benefit from that. Bethany, obviously you are the head honcho when it comes to the underwriting and the real estate set of the house. And then you have Nate that's doing more of the financial services, but both of those businesses involve a lot with networking with people. Mm-hmm. And that translates to our listeners because whether you're a multifamily operator, whether you're a flipper, wholesaler, syndicator, it doesn't really matter what you do in real estate, networking is the bread and butter. You have to be able to network. So please share with us some tips tricks, feedbacks on networking and how you've been able to grow that authentically? For me, it comes down to relationship and being authentic and honest with people. So especially if there's, you know, for lack of a better term, an ulterior motive. So let's say reaching out to a seller of a property that we'd like to acquire, you know, making that contact and being very upfront and direct at the get-go picking up the phone and calling them, you know, I know it's kind of scary, but the more times you do it, it gets better. But it's like making that very honest forthcoming effort to talk to them on the phone, voice to voice. They get to know you a little bit and have just start conversation, try to find things in common, compliment them. Like everybody likes a compliment. And so, you know, the sooner you can kind of find something in common, compliment them on their property, or, you know, you meet somebody new, compliment their shoes, compliment their teeth or (laughs) earrings or whatever, you know? And so just finding, trying to find a common thread and and just keeping it as, you know, authentic and genuine as possible. is really helpful. But I read a quote today on Facebook that I absolutely loved. And it was, uh, some of your best supporters have not met you yet and you've not met them. So get out and network. Like some of your most favorite people are out there that you've not even met yet. So start sticking out your hand and, you know, and meeting people. And so, yeah. I mean, one of our, one of our mentors, a lot of, a lot of people know who he is at my let. He always talks about how you're just one, one handshake away from a whole new world. You know, you just never know. Like, and you don't know, you don't always know what that hand to that, what that handshake's going to be. But if you don't show up to the meetup, I, I've, there's been different events where I'm like, ah, I could just stay here. And I mean, but I went and as a result, I made a great connection that I wouldn't not have made otherwise. So sometimes you got to, you just have to be willing to just, especially if you're in business, if you are you're trying to build something that you have to be networking and sometimes you have to be willing to go do it, even if it's not, you know, sometimes you get excited, you got to say, you do, you do it whether you, whether you feel like it or not, it's the, it's the discipline to do the activities, but, but yeah, just like she said, just, you know, be nice, be genuine. Now, you know, everyone has an ulterior motive. We, you, know, you go to a meetup, everybody knows you're there to do business of some capacity. So we all know what the end result is, but it's just actually showing that you have, you actually have some care, some care and, and not just, you're not just there just to pitch. Okay. Let's get to know each other a little bit. See if we like each other. I had a great conversation with somebody the other day, looking up doing some collaborative stuff. And the first time we ever talked on the phone, 
It was like, hey, man, I don't, let's, you know, we don't know for sure if it's going to work out. Maybe we decide we get working together. We don't like each other, but let's just take one step at a time and see how we can add value. If it makes sense, we'll go to the next step. We'll go to the next step. And if it doesn't, then no harm, no foul. You know, you're doing great things. I'm doing great things. Let's just keep, you know, we'll, we'll keep supporting each other that way. But uh, those are some something that we keep going. Yeah. I would say too, um, you know, see, see how you can add value to someone and help make them a connection that they're looking for. It's like one question I'm asking lately of a lot of my new connections is who's your ideal client or contact. So I can help keep an eye out because I, I network a lot. I meet a lot of people. Like how can I keep an eye out for you? What are you looking for? And so um, that can help you learn more about them. And then they're going to ask you in return, what are you looking for? They probably will may not, but being that connector of dots for people where you can give them a referral or something. I found that really helpful in the real estate side of things. That's just like a seller, you know, Hey, what are you looking for? I'm looking for property in this other market, or I'm looking for a painter. Or I'm looking for a plumber. And then being able to give them a couple options can really help put a foot in the door to gain their trust and, and you know, and cool. continue that relationship. Like the nectar couple. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I'll say this and, and we won't do the Giordano round because we already asked you those questions for the first one, but it's interesting that what you both said about just being genuine and connected with people. Like today I received between Facebook, Instagram, email, text message. I received eight different messages from people saying, Dre, you need to meet this person. Hmm. And the crazy thing about that is because like, if you just approach every relationship of how can I, how can you add value to them? You said that Bethany, how can I add value? Speaking of that, I have a card that literally says that. How can I have value? <laughs> and uh, it's very powerful just going into each meetup and going to each room and saying, okay, how can I add value to them and help them with no expectation of anything in return? And Hunter Thompson in his Capital Razor book, he words it a little bit different in terms of that $2,000 contact and the idea of that every person you meet if it's not a $2,000 like contact, then you're wasting your time. If, if it's not necessarily you receiving, it's how can you make them a $2,000 contact? So that might be the questions you ask them or being the ad benefit value to them. So they walk away feeling that that was a $2,000 conversation. Yep. And again, you might not always receive anything from that in return, but it's beautiful in terms of the universe and just being genuine and just being a good person and the idea of that when you are walking around and approaching it and listening to people genuinely and how you can help them out the best way you can, being that connector couple, the connector of dots that the universe will align in some way. And next thing you know, someone's going to be like, I know that the Smiths are investing in Tucson. They might run into someone that is trying to buy there that might throw capital your way or contractors or something. And the next thing you know, they're connecting you and they might meet someone that also might be trying to get in that market. You just never know. I just want to say that to the listeners that to beat the horse dead, whatever the term you want to use <laughs> that Nate and Bethany said of just really, really focusing on relationships and not expecting anything in return. I mean, on all the real estate acquisitions to this point, it's been because of that key add value. Like the first several, I mean, she can probably tell the story a little better uh, to tell it second here, but she was always looking for ways to, okay, you're not going to sell now, but hey, well, let me know if you ever need anything. I got, you know, if you ever need a 
you need a good connection in here. Hey, how can we help? You know, if I can help you improve your property, it'll help. You know, it'll help us and our property. Obviously, just looking for ways to improve it because they're like, okay, I don't want to sell right now. Okay, well, how can we add value to each other to improve the community? And then through that, through that, you know, that approach, it when it came time to sell at least the last two or three, I think properties were pretty much okay. We're ready to sell, and here, here's first look because we didn't try to just. We just want to buy your property. It's like, okay, if you don't want to sell, okay, great. Well, how can we help each other just improve the community mm-hmm. and make make everything we will be own already better? So, like, say the value add. You know, if you're not ready to sell now, you got to follow up. It's you know, whether you're in real estate, financial services, selling cars, so if you don't follow up, <laughs> you know, and follow up in creative ways to where they don't get tired of you, and they just want to you know block your number, you know. <laughs> That's those are some just some you know some practical things that we've tried to do and keep that open up you know, that conversation open and that communication flowing. Awesome. Well, Nate, Bethany, thank you again. We Absolutely. really appreciate the time. This was amazing. I can ask perspective. And so again, tell the listeners how they can best get in touch with you. Yeah, probably the best place to get in touch with us is on Instagram. I'm at the real Nate Smith, and she is at Bethany underscore AK underscore B. However, we have to add yourcashflowcouple.com or yourcashflowcouple on Instagram. That's probably easier. Whoa, yeah. cashflowcouple. I like that. I like that. Love was taken, so it's your, which is more personal. Your cashflowcouple. <laughs> there we go. Instagram, add yourcashflowcouple. That'll connect you to the whole other yeah. platforms. I awesome. like that a lot. I like that a lot. Dre, I guess we can't take that one now, huh? No, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you for having us, guys. Yeah, it's it great fun. to be on here. It's fun. Yep. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Multifamily by the Slice podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Lastly, check out the show notes for links to topics discussed, as well as website and social media links for Dre, Ike, and our guest. See you next week.